Welcome back to the It's Just Bore podcast paper review. I'm Joanne Hardin. I'm Eve Todd, and we are bringing you the latest in sport this week. There is loads of news in relation to the Tokyo Olympic Games. With less than a few weeks to go before the Olympics get underway, we have more additions to Team Ireland. In golf, Leona Maguire and Stephanie Meadow have been selected. Um, both golfers have had an exceptional performance in the LPGA Tour recently. Maguire finished uh, second in the Major Classic and then went to record her, her best ever major finish. Both golfers will fancy their chances in Tokyo, wishing them the best of luck, and they're definitely excited to get out and compete over there. Meg Ryan has also been confirmed for the gymnastics team and will compete in the Women's Artistic Gymnastic All-Around event. The Cork native was offered a quota spot and will become the second ever Irish woman to compete at the gymnastics in the Olympics. When they were competing just a couple of weeks ago, she had, um, you know, been tipped to to get that spot. So it's brilliant to see that Meg has has come through and will get her spot um, at the Tokyo Olympic Games. There was a decision made for Ellen Walsh, where she has been nominated for the Olympic Games. Uh, she made the qualification standard, the FINA A time, uh, last week in the National Aquatic Centre when the, the teams were competing, when the Irish team, when they were all competing to, to try and make those times. Uh, the decision was uh, up for deliberation with Swim Ireland as she hadn't been within that 1.5% of the time at the Olympic trials just a few weeks previous. But uh, Swim Ireland have made a decision to uh, nominate Ellen, which is brilliant because she absolutely deserved it and she had a, a tough time at the Olympic trials where she swam some of the events uh, on her own. So it's great to see that. Uh, Ellen has been put forward uh, to meet uh, Tanya Watson has also been officially selected for the diving team. The boxers have already made their way um, as Michaela Walsh, Eva O'Rourke and Kelly Harrington are settling into the Olympic Village now. Stay tuned, we will have a lot more uh, team announcements to come over the next couple of days and weeks uh, with some exciting content right here on the Sport channel. Um, athletics is one of the events that we are Sitting in anticipation, we're all waiting to um, for that team announcement uh, that will be made later this week. The qualification deadline was the 29th of June, and right now seven athletes are within the quota. Bill Healy, Sarah Lavin, Shiva Clary-Butner, Nadia Power, Louise Shanahan, and Eilish Granigan are all within these quota spots, so fingers crossed that we will see all of them on the plane to Tokyo. The Under-23 European Championships got underway this week in Estonia. The likes of Kate O'Connor, Gina Apke-Moses and uh, Molly Scott will be competing. A week later, the under-20s will also be competing in Estonia, which will feature Rashida Adelecki, who will be competing in the 100, 200 metres and the 4x400m relay. So definitely some exciting uh, racing to, to be undergone there. Um, and we've seen great results at both the U23 and the under-20 events uh, previously for Ireland. Yeah, it is incredibly exciting. Um, it was so funny seeing some of the um boxers uh with their instagram posts about them obviously in japan obviously in a in a camp a holding camp quarantine kind of situation and i had to laugh at kelly harrington's instagram because she got a boiled egg and she was like i needed a ticket to get a boiled egg and i was like oh, <laughs> you're in japan now i remember those good old days um uh, when i went over there six odd years ago I remember I went over and I'm like a picky eater, light eater. You know, I wouldn't eat that much for breakfast. And I was like, oh, I'll just take like a couple of boiled eggs and maybe like, you know, some like bacon, like if you wouldn't mind. And he like filled my plate, but like it wasn't even that full. And then I was like, oh, sorry, do you just have like a, like an extra egg there or something? And he was like, oh my God, that amount would feed one family here in Tokyo. And I was like, it's not going to feed me and I have no limbs. Um, so uh, yeah, I hope they actually get their fulfilled. Uh, <laughs> which 
Um, over in soccer news, it's been an incredible uh, weekend in the Women's National League, the 12th um, round games. They were an exciting encounter. Park City um, got their first win of the season, 1-0 over um, Bowl. It was great to see them get off the mark. I think Becky Casson single-handedly alone deserves three points, let alone um, Cork City. Um, so it was good to see. DLR picked up a 3-0 victory over Galway, while Wexford Utes netted 2-1 to Treaty um, United. There was in Syndrama um, and Shells, there was no worry, won the game single-handedly with a very dramatic late-minute win um, to score four goals uh, against Piedmont United, who had scored three goals. It was an incredibly entertaining game um, with both sides battling um, to the end, and it was great to see some level of um, competitiveness was creeping. We knew Shells had the ability. We were just wondering whether they could actually put it off uh, at some stage. Um, over in Transfer News, Irish international Kiva Keenan has made the move back to home soil. She has signed for Shells um, coming over from Celtic. She returns after playing in Scotland since 2016. She went over first to play with Glasgow City, then with Celtic, where she was named Player of the Year in her first full campaign at the club. Um, it's going to be an interesting move to her to see, or for her even, to see how she gets on coming back to home soil. Claire Walsh has signed a two-year deal with Glasgow City, having impressed for Pease and earning her first Irish debut in April. She joined Piemont in 2018 and was named in the Women's National League Team of the Year on three occasions. Louise Quinn has also left Fiorentina in Italy, as well as Claire shine extending her time in Glasgow. Finally, Piemont United will take on Serbian champions Spartak Subotica in round one of the UEFA Women's Champions League. Last year they lost out to Glasgow City on penalties in the same round so it'll be interesting to see how they'll get on against Serbian champions. Um, I'm sure not to be disrespectful to Pease or Glasgow or Sir Spartak Subotica um, but this will be a, a, an epic encounter. I think if they could take Glasgow as far as they did they definitely put a good challenge to um, Spartak Subotica who I have never heard of. I have to admit, I know a lot about football. Don't know what he is. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember the game last year and it was just so exciting. So, look, I think he made, you know, really put it up to Glasgow last year. And um, so really looking forward to that match. And yeah, I think they've, they've every chance of uh, coming out uh, on top. Okay. Fina Nolan will be racing the lightweight singles goal. Nolan has previously raced the lightweight pair with Lydia Heafy, where the duo had great success. Alison Virgin of Vermoy Rowan Club will also be racing and she'll be racing in the open single. So best of luck to the team. Yeah, um, best of luck to them. Over, We're still on the water over in swimming news. Um, in the European Junior Swimming Championships, Ellie McKibben and Molly, Pay Molly Main are over in Rowan competing. Molly Main um, is through to the 50-meter breaststroke semi-final in a time of 31.88, winning her heat incredibly um, convincingly, it has to be said. So um, wishing her all the best in her uh, semi-final, or in her um, next uh, semi-final. Yeah, no, it's great to see them um, with, with such speed at the moment. And, you know, Molly's been on the radar for a while. Um, so it's, it's definitely uh, going to be an exciting competition for herself and for Ellie as well. Um, there's a lot going on in terms of like world news at the moment, um, particularly in the US. Um, everybody was very excited for Shikari Richardson, the time that she, she ran, making that qualification spot. And it is now being confirmed that she'll miss the Olympics after testing positive for cannabis in her system. So Richardson is currently the fastest woman in America um, and is likely to be suspended from Team USA. Um, you know, due to this, a race that she had looked set to challenge uh, for a medal in the Olympic Games. She qualified for the Games um, a, with a time of 10.86, 
uh, clocking at the Olympic trials in the 100 meter final uh, in June. Since the 1st of January 2021, the drug has been classified as a substance of abuse by the World Anti-Doping Agency and carries a maximum of a four-year ban. The sprinting sensation has already been a controversial figure after choosing uh, convicted doper uh, Dennis Mitchell as their coach, and the controversy has gained much online attention, with many of the opinion that rooting cannabis as a performing enhancing drug is overly harsh and unwarranted, while others feel it gives athletes the edge over fellow compared competitors in regards to recovery. So it's a really interesting conversation at the moment. Um, you know, personally, have been excited to see, uh, you know, the 100 meters this year and to see, um, you know, Shakari Richardson to, to compete in this event. Um, but look, these things happen and, um, you know, it is, it is disappointing that, that we won't see her compete. Yeah, it is incredibly disappointing. Um, I suppose she has said that she's used the weed to cope with her mother's death after she was informed by a journalist, I think, at an event. Um, and that's why she turned to it. Um, and I have seen a lot of... Well, first of all, I have to say, like when it first came out, obviously as someone who studied drug use extensively in college, um, not in terms of sports, but in terms of like human uh, issues more than anything else, First of all, I was a little bit impressed that she ran so quick with weed in her system. I was like, hot damn, because anyone who I studied who had weed in their system, they wouldn't run that fast, let me tell you. Um, so a part of me was like, Jesus, that's obviously a little bit impressive. And I suppose then, you know, it just kind of goes back to thinking, you know, about how um, people think of like THC, how people think of weed, you know, people's, you know, understanding of drugs, you know, and, um, and stuff like that. I know someone online, I can't remember who it was, I think it was an athlete in America, they brought attention saying, um, you know, Michael Phelps had weed for a little while. Um, you know, after he had his accident, he went back to uh, Rio in 2016 and won a load of medals. And everyone just kind of was like, cool, go Michael Phelps. Um, so I kind of thought it was a bit of a weird comparison because I was like, Michael Phelps did it in like the off season. You know, I know there's no off season in swimming, but you know what I mean? Like he wasn't training or doing anything at that moment in time. Um, so yeah, no, it's just an incredible um, story. I think personally, from my point of view, I would have to say I personally find it a little bit harsh but i know it is one of those situations where if you start allowing weed um i mean could you imagine allowing weed and javelins roll you know um it's not exactly the one place you want to be high on weed um you know i think i think i think, I think just, you know i think the, the context makes it a bit more harsh whereas if she was just a generic recreational user would be like oh it's fine but because like there was a bit of like tragedy a little bit of upset yeah. with the whole thing. So look it is it's really look it, it, in terms of like how she found out you know about the, the death of her mom and, and you know look and um, she's young and it's something that you know lots of people have you know sympathy for her and then we actually did and um, put a question box on her sport to find out what, what people thought and we got loads of interesting feedback so um to be honest I would say the majority of people felt that she broke the rules um so that she should be banned and I don't think it's I think a lot of people aren't even necessarily thinking of the implication of the drug and like you're talking about, you know, it's slowing people down and stuff. And like, you know, in terms of she wasn't smoking it just like directly before. No, no, no. Uh, no, no you no. know, so it's but not it gonna takes, like it takes six months to leave your body, you know. So like in Yeah, general, but that's you know, like that's so she, that's she, leaving she, your body. It's not gonna impact you. Like if she smokes it six weeks before or six no, months no. before, it's not gonna impact her like actually like raising that day. And look, no. there is the conversation around um you know recovery and everything and we will actually like do a little bit more on that and, and explore it a bit further but i mean to give people like the headlines like some of the feedback we have um you know similar to someone using an inhaler too much or taking pill painkillers 
it's your job to know what's banned. And like that is what people are saying. Like, look, she knows the substances that aren't allowed to be used. It is on that. Um, you know, if it was like she obviously like knew that she was in contention to, you know, to go to the Olympics and all this kind of thing. And like it is an infringement on the rules. Like for context, Neurofen Plus is on the list as well. Yeah, um, yeah. You know what I mean? So there's lots of things that like, you know, regular people might do or yeah. take or whatever. But like there is a list of banned substances. It's there for a reason. And like she knows that it's not allowed. Um, and like look, a lot of things like she knew it was illegal. Um, you know, she like, yeah, drugs is a big no. Um, you know, people talk about the fact that like it's a, it's allowed in some of the states, but like that's just a rule in America and some of the states there. It's not necessarily an international rule. Um, somebody else said irresponsible but still heartbreaking. Uh, every high level athlete knows the rules, already doping, no sympathy here. Rules are there for a reason. It would be unfair to the others if the violation was ignored. Um, drugs are drugs. Um, I think it's just like the societal, yeah. you know, like context as well, like especially when it comes to America. You know, like going back to a lot of, as I said, black athletes felt a little bit aggrieved because Michael Phelps got the go ahead, you know, and obviously Shakari Richardson. We must look into the Phelps thing in, in more detail for like our next conversation. Yeah, so basically he'd had a fight with his wife in June, I think of 2019 or, or sorry, 2015 or something like that. And he got arrested on a DUI and then they found out he'd weed in the system. Um, and that was basically it. He had officially announced his retirement at that stage. He was like, yeah, I'm retired. doesn't really bother me. Yeah. And then he came back um, and then people were like, well, the weed is still in his system, you know, because as I said, it takes six months to leave his body. Um, so I think a lot of people were just a little bit aggrieved. But I was reading yeah. even in the NFL how like we're basically saying like oh it's a constant like it's a it's a black athlete thing so i kind of think like they've brought a race issue into it and you obviously consider the societal context in america in at the moment i think that's what's adding more heat to it rather than it being the weed and the thc or whatever it is yeah. like itself um i think obviously that's the fuel to the fire and i think what a lot of people feel very aggrieved by is that what I've been seeing with NFL athletes in particular is that they feel they're putting their bodies on the line and being given painkillers that are obviously on the list that aren't doing much for them. And then they have a tiny bit of weed and their recovery is a lot better. So I think what they're basically saying is if we're putting our bodies through hell and back to entertain you, why can't you allow us to have a little bit of weed mm -hmm. to help us with recovery? I think that's what the argument is from that point of view. And I think really um, that's obviously something that society as a whole would have to look into it you know, in terms of you said yeah. norfin plus is on the list and i remember reading that as well um why is taking norfin as regular people deemed okay but if i decide i'm obviously not gonna lie but it's like here, but if i decided to like roll up a joint you know is that a bad thing you know i think that's where the issues also come in as yeah. well like it's the characterization and the context around weed i think anyways yeah look i think i think in terms of like some particular drugs there are different rulings on it and, and obviously look there's a you know the feelings around cannabis in general uh, around the world are different. So you will talk, you can like, I'd say stop different people on the street and ask them like, do you think like we should be legal? Like whatever it is. And you're going to get lots of differing opinions. If you walk down the street and you said like, oh, would you take your pen plus? Like probably nine yeah. times out of 10, people are going to say yes. But like the reason, like that's for like regular people. And like the reality of it is like, we're talking about elite athletes fairness of the game like all that kind of thing and and it is like that context so there's a reason so like while we might say that something like cannabis is banned for the from the performance uh, perspective like you also think of like the other like you're saying like societal um 
opinions of it as a drug because it is a drug and then you go and you look at something like neurofen plus and like you know the reason that that's on the, the band list is because there's codeine in it um, yeah. and it is like there are particular reasons from a performance perspective as to why these substances are not allowed and so yes if you have a migraine or inflammation or whatever and you want to take your neurofen well that's fine because you're not going to compete you know, at the Olympic Games or at, at an elite level. Um, not yet, anyways. You let me know. Definitely, <laughs> um, you've broken all my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> well, not this, you know, not in the next, like, six months. But anyways, like, there's, there's reasons. And, like, if you have to, um, you know, that, that look, that's that's the premise of the conversation. It is for your fairness and, like, not taking advantage of, of some of these. That's what I mean. Like, when you actually break it down to the pure nuts and crannies of it, like, nooks and crannies, excuse me, there's actually not really that much of a debate. What I'm saying is, like, if you take, like, the whole wider conversation, mm-hmm. that's what's actually fueling this fire at the moment, is the wider conversation surrounding yeah. black athletes, surrounding... Yeah, and like, I think it's surrounding actually weed in... ...and everything else. Like, I think this is the, what like, the light to the to the fire. You know, I think this is actually kind of what it is more than anything else. Um, I'd love to, like, do I you think know, it feeds is, into the... Is it performance enhancing? Like, I know, obviously, recovery, it aids recovery. Well, it talks, yeah, like, look, if, if it aids recovery, like, I, I, I guess that is performance enhancing. I think what yeah. we'll do is we will do some more research into it so we can give people, like, a, a more informed uh, podcast. But I think in terms of the the aspect that you're talking about, uh, race and the, you know, grievances um, that people have at the moment is, is quite interesting because um, earlier this week, two 18-year-old athletes from Namibia were barred mm-hmm. um, from competing in the 400 meters at Tokyo after they underwent medical tests and it was discovered that they had high natural testosterone levels. One of them, Christine Moma, is the world under 20 record holder. Um, we have seen this before. We've seen it with Castor Semenya. Um, and they were actually recently competing and it's only just come out. So now these two girls are uh, actually not going to be allowed to compete at the Tokyo Olympic Games. Like I think they have said that they won't lower their testosterone levels and it's something that they've recently found out um that's one of the other things i suppose that is that is going on you know in terms of pastor samani herself she's likely to miss out on tokyo the two-time olympic champion is unlikely to, to do well she can't defend her 800 meter event and um, because she won't be in that but she has looked at moving up to the 5k and she is off the off the time at the moment um so that's kind of the situation there. It's anything from the 400 meters to the mile and um, that any, anyone with natural level, natural higher levels of testosterone can compete in. Um, and and, and the, the discussion of race has come into this as well. And I know that there's something also about swimming hats as well at the moment. Yeah, uh, so basically I haven't actually was, looked into. Yeah, so basically there was uh, swimming hats owned specifically by a black company that mm-hmm. catered to afros or braids yes. or basically bigger hair. Um, and uh, Swim or FINA uh, ruled uh, a couple of weeks ago that the, those swim hats aren't allowed um, based on the fact that they aren't compliant with whatever levels of technology it is. Um, and now, I think just two days ago, FINA said they'll actually conduct a review to see if they actually do give you an enhancement in your swimming. But I was like reading somewhere where some swimmer was like big hat. I don't know, you're a swimmer. So I don't like, understand like, like how like, it could Big hats you. would weigh you down, no? Yeah. <laughs> Well, like, I, yeah, because that's what, like, I don't really understand, like, this whole conversation around the swim hats. And I'll be honest, like, I haven't looked into it that deeply yet. I've seen a lot of conversation around it. And like you say, like, all over social media, I'm literally seeing, like, the conversation around Shakari Richardson, the conversation around the hats, the conversation around these two girls that have been uh, banned from 400 meters. 
And um, so there's a lot going on in, in terms of conversation around race. Um, but in terms of the swim hats, like you want to be as streamlined as possible. So I don't really, yeah. underst- I don't really understand it personally. Um, and I suppose as well, I, I, don't, I don't know about you, but I think Team GB, this is the first time they have a black athlete. Um, yeah. USA have Simone uh, Manuel and a black guy whose name I can't remember. Sorry. Um, but I know he swims like 400 or something like that. Um, this is the first time they've had a black man and a black woman. Um, and I know mm-hmm. Team GB are the first time with a black um, person, athlete full stop on their swim team. Um, and I think actually what people are kind of complaining about is that I think FINA and Team USA in particular tried to do this thing where um, they wanted to bring in, they wanted to like cross the boundaries. So they like wanted to bring in more black swimmers and stuff like that. And then I think people were saying you want to bring in a black swimmer. And yet when they ask for a modification, mm-hmm. you rule it out straight away, thus ruling out your yeah. black swimmer. Like, I don't really get it. Because if you have loads of hair in general, like it all has to go under the hat. Like I don't, I honestly, I, I'm a bit confused about it. I, I would like more the like the head I don't know like I'm literally only talking to like a friend of mine who's brown yeah. and got curly hair and like she basically would say to me that a normal swim hat like the rubbery ones yeah. like they get stuck in black hair because it's so fine that's the problem that's what she was okay. saying to me she was even saying so she's not different. a herself it's, it's different the texture material. of the hair yeah yeah so yeah. basically like they were she was saying that from what she saw now bear in mind she's just an average joe soap like ourselves I mean she's a psychologist she was like from what I can tell like they want bigger hats, but she was like, surely, a, like, as in to fully grab the hair in. She was like, surely the big hat will get weighed down, and then you won't be able to swim as fast. Like you have to put more. But energy it will get weighed down because, like, yeah, that because it's not, yeah. it's not going to absorb water. So, like, none of that's going to like weigh down. Like, your hair might. That's get probably wet. what the problem is. Your hair might like, get a little bit wet, but like, even like if you think of the size, like, so something like to be streamlined, you want it as like tight as possible. Yeah. Like if you think about the togs, everything, like everyone's like bet into the togs as like tight as you possibly. I know. It must like, it must like so really I yeah, I'm gonna like I like it too more. Like I have very straight hair and I'm thinking like my hair in a swim cap, you know those like teeny tiny ribs at the bottom of your neck, like they get sore. But in terms of if I think if you have black like, you know, if you have afro hair, you've tinier baby hairs. So I'd say it will get sore all right under a normal cap. Yeah, but like it worked out one hair. I'll look into it. I don't wanna like make any like comments that don't make sense right now so I'll, I will look into it to try and understand it fairly but like I can't understand like I know they're talking about the like material and everything and that kind of thing but um yeah it, it, to me I just it didn't really make it didn't really um make that much sense but look we look into it to see um what the the full insights of the conversation are um going back in terms to the other two of the do you not think that's incredibly interesting yeah, so what I was gonna say actually in terms of that, like obviously we're talking about this and like we obviously have like, you know, had a huge conversation around the fact that um, you know, Laurel Hubbard is competing as a as a transgender woman. And like I was actually thinking about this recently and I think this should like we we should have further conversation around this again. And um, you know, obviously we've talked about the like trans women competing generally, and then like we are very well aware of Castor Semenya, and now we're looking at these two other girls that are gonna are gonna be um, you know, taken out of competition because of natural testosterone levels. So in terms of, you know, Laurel Hubbard is competing at the Olympic Games. And then you have these two girls that have been competing, like an unbeknownst to themselves, like, you know, weeks before the Olympic Games are like, no, actually not like compete. Um, but Laurel Hubbard had increased levels of testosterone on every athlete that she's going to compete against for 35 years. So like the conversation is there, like in terms of, 
So many people are having conversation around Laurel Hubbard. Should she be like compete? Is it fair? What's the story here? Then you have the likes of Castor Semenya, who has been like undergoing, uh, you know, trials, appealing everything for something that she's naturally born with. And then these other two girls um, as well, something that, again, it was unbeknownst to themselves that they've just discovered and a decision has been made straight away. Uh, you know, there instantly it's like, no, you have to take testosterone suppressants. And I know the conversation in terms of testosterone, like Laurel Hubbard has to be under the testosterone levels, like we've talked about this before. But she has, you know, had benefits from living, um, you know, as a man for 35 years. And like, we know that the average age of, you know, people that she'll be competing against, like she's competing in her 40s. Mm-hmm. But the like peak level for weightlifters that she's competing against is in the 20s. So yep. we know that it is different. And like, there's a lot of conversation, like, you know, testosterone isn't, you know, like, oh, once that box is checked, it like everything else is sorted. Like it, you can reduce your testosterone level, but there's lots of other things that aren't impacted and can't be undone from 35 years living as a man and then the transition like it doesn't undo everything just because she's now a trans woman so it's really interesting that these two girls who have been racing and have naturally higher levels of testosterone are like no you're right and somebody like Laura Hubbard is allowed to compete and the research and everything is not there so they're they're allowing and like Look, like the conversation in terms of the, the girl who's not allowed, like who whose spot has been taken and won't compete competing at the at, at the Olympics because Laurel is there, you know, how heartbreaking must it be for her? And then particularly if like the decision can be undone. Like it's it's really hard to know if it was the correct decision because I feel like the science isn't there yet. And there's so much conversation and like i a lot of people have kind of, you know, said, is it is it a decision that's been made to be um, inclusive and um, like overly inclusive as in not the, not the right decision for, um, you know, the other athletes is, is it kind of a almost like political decision that's been made as opposed to a scientific decision and um, to include Laurel in the games and to include trans women in the games when it, when further research needs to be done before maybe the decision goes down because there's a lot of research there and, you know, we know of this World Rugby Research and, like, the decision that they've made because they've done it. They said that there's a 30%, um, you know, more likely injury, um, you know, from trans women playing rugby. And that's they've come down. And, and, like, there, there is research there. And they need to, like, do a bit more. Um, it's hard to know. Uh, but, you know, on the same premise, um, plenty of people have doped and gotten away with it. And somebody has ended up being 456 in that position as well. Uh, everybody's familiar with 100 meters from a number of years ago where basically everybody was doping so there are in sport regardless of the situation there is going to be somebody at some point whose medal was stripped from them and we know ourselves in terms of Ireland like um, you know different people that have been awarded medals off the top of my head like Nico Brock Heffernan and he's got you know medals after the time because people have been having done for doping and um, it's not the same but I'm just saying like he's, there are like learning curves and uh, things that kind of go I guess under the radar or it's hard to make a decision on uh, at the time but um, what do you think in terms of like the these girls being pulled out so quickly before the, the Olympics and then Laurel um, competing? 
Yeah, like for me, it was just really interesting because I suppose like I was um, reading stuff from like LGBTQ plus like kind of side rather than sports side because I think sometimes I can get so like sucked into the sports point of view where I definitely would agree with you. I'm like, yeah, there's definitely a risk of injury. Like, oh my God, like, yeah, of course, if you put like a former man up against a, a current woman uh, who's in her 40s and of course she can lift more, you know, like absolutely. And I was like reading someone that basically wrote that um, from the lack of education, like surrounding like trans and high testosterone, you know, like different things like that, as you have mentioned that there's very little studies that you will get like situations like this where you have the likes of Christine uh, Moma, her uh, fellow Nab- Namibian athlete, uh, Castro Semenya, where you'll actually have more stories like this because what will happen is you'll just start developing this like this anti-trans, anti-fear. I'm not saying you are, but you, you, you plural <laughs> will develop, you know, like this kind of situation. And thus you will have more situations where people with naturally high testosterone will be pulled out because automatically in your head, you have like a bit of fear. You're like, oh no, like, you know, what's the point even in racing as like a woman mm-hmm. who's got limited low testosterone, you know, like um, there's no point in me doing it. And I think it does go back to the whole situation where I do think it is interesting. Okay, take Laurel out for a second. She's the only white woman. Everyone that they have uh, caught, for want of better terms, um, have all been black. That's something I think that is very interesting. Like, you know, is that something... There's momentum on the conversation at the moment because everything that's happened in the last few weeks has, has yeah. been black. I, but I think it is... I think and that I'm not is sure. I always said it, that about it is, it is interesting. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, there's there's I, loads I, of people think that if Castor was white, it wouldn't be happening. I always think... To be honest, I... And the only reason why it, like, popped into my head about Castor was because I was reading an interview with some came her to cast her um she was a polish girl and she effectively was like yeah sure look at her she's huge like she's definitely not a man and you could tell there was like elements of um racial tension like within the comments that she was saying i'm not putting words in the girl's mouth that's literally what she said and i could literally just you know from the way she was behaving i was like hmm, there's something a bit odd like about that um I don't know, like, I don't think it's all fully, like, the reason, like, don't get me wrong, but yeah. I'd like to see them pull away that a white athlete on it, just because so far we've had a lot of black athletes being pulled on it, and I think that is something that is interesting and something that we should look at. Putting Laurel Hubbard back into the conversation, she's our representative white female, but once again, she's completely different, you know, from this. You know, she switched, yeah. you know, she's she she suppressed her testosterone, she got a full uh, transition, um, and now she's allowed to go to the Olympics, um, and these two girls who are naturally high testosterone levels can't. And I think even if they wanted to, I don't know, you might know the science better than I do. Surely, like, they can't suppress it in a matter of, what, four weeks? Surely. Yeah, I'm not sure in terms of the time frame if it's too tight um, for them. And, look, in terms of... And then there have to be really bad side effects to that. I'm thinking, like, alone about, like, menstrual cycle and how that works. You know, like, surely these girls could be at the risk of a long-term... And people don't want to, like, people in, in, you know, in terms of the, you know, the bigger picture, a lot of athletes don't want to mess around with their with their hormones and everything and mm. you know while there's sport there's also like life outside of sport and life after sport too and like we are talking about like messing with your body and, and, and you know the functions of it and everything so like you can understand from the perspective of suppressing their testosterone levels like why they don't want to do it um and then like you're saying like in terms of in terms of Laura, like um you know it's it's a decision that she made but like there is a lot of conversation out there in terms of the science and you know, some of the arguments that have been put forward, like it, it, it does beg the question, like why um, is she allowed to compete at the moment? Um, you know, in, in terms of some of the science and, uh, that, that's been put out there, like I, I think more exploration of 
does need to be done. Like, you know, what's going to happen in like two years if they turn around and say no trans women can't compete at the Olympic Games? I mean, people are right. Like, is her medal going to be taken off or is there anything important going to get the medal? Or like, what's going to happen there? Um, and, and I think a lot of people do feel it's kind of this like, re- like need, like stark need to be inclusive and make sure that everybody is included in everything. And um, whether it's the correct decision or not is, is another thing. But in terms of the fact that, you know, the athletes that have been pulled in the conversation at the moment and that everybody, uh, that, you know, the, it, there's a lot of stories around black athletes at the moment, like that is one thing. Um, and yeah, that could be really interesting. Like I, I'm going to look into the Michael Phelps thing further and see, um, you know, in terms of what the scenario is there. The dots have been joined. Whether it's correct or not, I'm not sure. People I'm not going to say it's not going to put two plus two together. Whether they're you're seeing a common factor. Four or six is a whole other question. Yeah. Whether, whether it is a, a common factor and it is whether some of these decisions have been racially motivated, I can't say. But in terms of the Shikari Richardson piece, um, I think that anybody that does that um, knows it's banned substance, knows it's an Olympic year, and if they wanted to go to the Olympics, shouldn't have done it. I do sympathise with her and her situation. I'm disappointed not to see her compete. However, if one of, look, we've had athletes banned for stuff before as well. You know, everybody has, has, has had athletes. And maybe in terms of some of the conversation, maybe some of the uh, white athletes, the stories have actually been swept under the rug because people don't want to talk about it. If you think about the, like the Chinese, um, there was a Chinese swimmer uh, for 2016, uh, served his ban and people didn't really know about it until Tokyo had like served it and people didn't even know that he'd been dumped doping. So maybe some of the stories are the fact that people want Shikari uh, to be competing and empathise with the story is that the story has blown up a bit and empathise with it. And because it's something that a lot of people think, you know, obviously we're talking about cannabis here and people are like, oh, well, you know, it's just cannabis, it's just weed or whatever. And people are, they're open-minded to it. But maybe the substance that the guy from China was on, people are like, oh no, that's a performance enhancer. And then the Chinese are like, well, we'll keep that under wraps because we don't want people to know about it. Like, look, in terms of like the cycling and EPO and everything, like people are like, majority of people will say no, like it's a bad substance. So perhaps the story has actually come to the fore a little bit more because people are a little more, more confused about it. They're not sure what side to come down. Um, you know, Russia, a lot of them have been, have been doping before and have been banned and have been allowed to compete and everything you know but some countries and athletes do try to keep that stuff under wraps um ryan lochte he was banned for <laughs> being <laughs> but, he, but he was <laughs> but in terms of what he was banned for he was banned for um causing an, an IV. No, oh sorry <laughs> he had a, he he served a ban because he had um he was hooked up to an iv and he, he said it was just like exactly yeah but uh, it was apparently like vitamins and all this kind of stuff, right? Um, there's no reason that he would lie about what it was. Because surely he's not stupid enough to put something like that on Instagram if that's if it was like if it was drugs, he's not gonna put it on Instagram. Like, he's not that stupid. Well we we have found out since that Ryan Lochte was not in any frame of mind to be doing anything full stop, let alone Instagramming his stupid IV thing. Like he had <laughs> been on he admits himself, he like he was on a lot of stuff. <laughs> Like, but in terms of smoking, we need to go to rehab and stuff like that to fix himself. But in terms of, I'm just giving an example of a white male that has was actually banned for something. So it's not like 
like we can say all these um, incidents at the moment, the common denominator at the moment is that they're black, but there has, and, and you're talking about like, is it the same? Like Lochte was banned for something that like people, it's apparently like Ross and drugs. The reason that he was banned was because it was intravenous. You're not allowed to take something intravenous unless it's by a doctor. Mm-hmm. That's the rule. And he put it up on Instagram. So it was something that he, but it wasn't like it, it was said that it wasn't drugs and you would, you would tend to believe that it wasn't performance enhancing drugs, that it was vitamins and whatever else. That was like natural substances or whatever. Um, but like, you're not that stupid to put something on Instagram if you are doping. You're not going to put up like, oh, hey, like they're not in the tour taking videos of all the doping that they're doing behind the scenes. Do you know what I mean? So it, that's something that actually could be considered like, most people would say like, oh, well, if, it was, if he wasn't doping, it was kind of harsh, but he was pulled for it and he did serve it back. I kind of do think though with the lockdown thing, did they just get him on, look, I know that's illegal, but did he just, did they just get him on that because he had caused a major international incident literally three weeks before that with the gun? Uh, I think the IV was late. The IV was later. Ah, uh, yeah, know. but like they couldn't get him on the major international incident. Like that's what I'm saying. Like did yeah, they I get know. him on the IV after because they were like, oh, listen, Ryan, we have to be seen to be punishing you here. It's the IV that's the problem. I know the IV is a problem. Uh, that was in 2018. Ryan Lachey banned for 14 months for IV infusion. So what, he did the thing in 2016? Was he still swimming in 2016? Like after the international incident? Yeah. Yeah, so that's what I mean. Like, were they just trying to get yeah. him on something eventually? Don't know. But I'm not criticizing just... Ryan Lochte because I think whatever happened with Ryan Lochte happened with Ryan Lochte. And once again, proving some white bias here, here I am defending Ryan Lochte. Being like, oh, but he's so stupid. Like, how could you, you know? No, but I'm just saying. So I, like, my, I'm my doing that is... though. No, but my point is that a white man has been pulled up for something that, you know, a lot of people will consider, like, like, is it cheating? Do you know? The IV thing, yeah. Well, it, like, I didn't think it was cheating, for sure, yes. when I saw it. I was like... Okay, oh, yeah. so a lot of people would... That's just, that's just the point. Like, but the same way I didn't think the THC was as much cheating as me popping a load of inhalers here. Like mm-hmm. me taking a load of salbutamol. I know what salbutamol does to me. You know, I take it. As in, it's right. prescribed to me. So that's why I'm like, oh, I was just interested. Okay. Than we will be interested to hear what other people's opinions are um, on it in general. And we'll do some more research in terms of um, the athletes that have been banned from the high levels of testosterone and also um, in terms of the Shakari Richardson situation and the effects that cannabis does have, um, uh, whether it's performance enhancing and from what perspective and everything. But and um, they are the latest news and those topical pieces at the moment. So, uh, yeah, we look forward to hearing other people's um, feedback from them, I think. Yeah, don't forget to hit us up on social at hersport.ie, across Instagram and Twitter, and at joannawar underscore ox on Twitter, and at joannawar on Instagram. If you've anything you would like to inform us of, anything you'd like to uh, contribute to any of the conversations we've had earlier, or wish Team Ireland well on their grand adventure to Tokyo, by all means, check out the Horsport channels. And if you're looking for the latest news, then Horsport is definitely where to go to figure out what is going on, who is doing what, and where are they doing what. So uh, <laughs> yeah, Neve, it's been a pleasure talking to you as per usual. You too, some uh, interesting uh, topics this week, and we look forward to discussing it all next week again. Cheerio.